Welcome to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today, I will be talking to Birgit Reiners, who is currently the Director of Professional Services Sales at VMware in Germany. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. Please like and subscribe to my channel so you won't miss any episodes. Welcome, Birgit. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Ronke, for having me. Let's kick off our conversation with a little bit about yourself. Tell me who you are. Who I am. So I'm Birgit. I'm living in Hamburg, north part of Germany. I'm not from this area. I was born in South Germany. Um, I'm married for now 12 years. I have an 11-year-old son who's now in the fifth grade at school. Um, beside job, I love teaching my dog um, and going around with him outside the house. Great. Having a dog at the moment is a great thing, right? With all those sitting at home, remote working, it gives you a reason to leave the, <laughs> the office. Yeah, he gives me a reason to leave my home office or at least um, enjoying the weekends um, outside. Mm -hmm. So Birgit, you are the Director of Professional Services Sales, which is quite an impressive title. Um, let me ask you, did you always aspire to become a woman in tech, uh, with, in leadership in tech? Um, how did this happen? Um, I never have aspired that I will end up as a director level. And actually, when I called my parents that I was promoted to director, and I would think it was the first time I heard my dad having a tears in his voice because they live 600 kilometers away from me. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I started my professional career, um, I started uh, learning at a bank to be a bank clerk, not more. Um, but I learned very quickly, if you want to achieve something, you need to stay on track and always try something new. Mm -hmm. And I, I joined the IT sector by a friend. A, a friend recommended me years ago, back in 2002, why are you joining Microsoft? I said, Microsoft? Well, yeah, let's be an administrative assistant at Microsoft. And this is how I got into the IT sector and how I understood how this IT industry works, how it will be working at a US company, uh, how they as aspire you, how they develop you, and how you can get on track with whatever you want and that you can develop in any kind of areas you want. Actually, I stayed 17 and a half years um, at this company and moved two years ago to VMware to give another kickstart into my career. But it has all something to do with lifelong learning and developing uh, a mindset around staying on track, finding new areas of interest, and especially what are your lifetime events and how they as, uh, inspire you to, to, to learn something. Mm -hmm. That's such an amazing coincidence, really. So from what you told me, I assume that your family was not uh, involved in any kind of tech jobs or something. Did you have any role model as a child? Mm, well, my mother was the role model of keeping the house together, the family together. And whenever my dad um, moved on to a new management position within Germany or even outside Germany. We lived two and a half years in Brazil. Um, she was managing all that and always keeping the family together in a new environment. Um, so this was one role model. Adapt the change, lift yeah. the change. Mm -hmm. My dad was 
a role model of um, you need to move on into different areas, into different countries, and you can come back. Um, this is one of the role models, uh, but none of them have ever worked in IT. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting because your parents were great role models in terms of personal development. So your mother showed you how to um, to organize and, and how to, to build a home, build a new home when you moved around. Your father showed you that mobility is important and flexibility, right? So um, tell me a little bit about what kind of schools you went to. So you said you were also in a Brazil, which obviously means that you had to switch schools. What was it like? I, lucky, I was lucky enough to just switch the kindergarten because I was quite young, but um, it was impressive even in that age because they all were spoke, spoken different languages. It was an international kindergarten, so I was more talking with hands than with words, but um, I have a high school degree. I have never visited a university. I do not have a university degree. And this is something where it maybe comes from that I think lifelong learning is so important because you can get your degree in a different way and you can develop yourself in a different way than just going to the university, making your bachelor and master's. What is a great experience and everyone who has the opportunity to, to do so should, but there are other ways to build your career, your personal way of career. Yeah, and this is so important to understand. Uh, just uh, recently, I found a quote by um, one of the um, women who worked at Google, and mm -hmm. she said that even though we want more women to study tech, we have to remember that it is not necessary to have studied tech to go into tech. So this is, and I also don't have a tech degree, so this resonates very deeply with me. And I think it's so important to understand that um, skills are something that you can learn. As you said, you talked about lifelong learning, which is obviously a big topic in your life, but uh, passion can be taught and interest can be taught. You have to have that. And if you have that, you can obviously reach director level in a big <laughs> US company. So. Um, Tell me a little bit more about that, because you said you were uh, a bank clerk. You learned how to be a bank clerk in Germany, and then you switched to Microsoft. So everyone knows Microsoft. It's one of the flagship companies in the tech space, especially in the early 2000s. Tell me how you experienced that, moving into this completely different atmosphere. Well, I need to add there was between the bank clerk and Microsoft, there were two steps. So I, I also joined Adidas uh, for two years and I worked with Infineon as well. So I um, started going into international companies, working in different departments, starting working international and working on executive level. So as an assistant, um, when I moved to Microsoft into the role of an administrative assistant, it it wasn't so groundbreaking different. Mm -hmm. It was still a job, it was still a company, but there was a different drive in that company for change. And well, my family of life was always about change, moving around 18 times, uh, getting settled. And so it, it just built, connected the dots about my, my, my personal experience and how a company developed mm -hmm. themselves on the market. And we always need to remember it was 2002. Mm -hmm. It wasn't 
uh, just this year. So um, what I experienced was a lot of passion for what they do. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes not that structured. So a failure culture is extremely important if you want to do things differently. And if you come along with that, you, you simply have chances and you need to pick up the chances. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, interesting. You um, obviously have a connection between your life and the way your, your um, youth was and the way you uh, learned to adapt to changes and things, and also to, to working in this US company. So what I would like to know is, um, what were the first skills that you actually had to acquire to be successful at Microsoft? Mm, another collaboration style. Mm -hmm. um, the organization was larger, more departments I had to collaborate with. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you start to collaborate with others, everyone is different. And it's good that everyone is different. And you need to understand more in detail, why is this person acting like this? What are their personal motivators? so that you can achieve jointly more. It's not like it's one job and you're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, the first skill is really working in a uh, collaborative environment mm -hmm. and understanding what the others have in mind and then find a common conclusion. Mm -hmm. This was prob probably the most important skill I had to start learning immediately when I joined the IT sector. Yeah, and that's also such a good point, because one of my uh, topics I always like to talk about is learning how to communicate, you know, when people think about tech, they think about this young guy in a hoodie sitting in front of a computer alone, hacking and writing software code. And in reality, we all have to work with different people with different teams and communication is such a big thing. And that's also why I think a lot of women are really predisposed to go into this, um, this area because they're good at communicating. We love to talk and we love words and we love people usually. So um, what I also liked is you mentioned failure culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a clear difference between German or Austrian failure culture and American failure culture, right? It is, it is. And um... I'm always very proud on people who had achieved a win and, and quite often newsletters are sent around. We did the following, we have win that following deal. But I think we talk quite less about things which didn't went well. Mm -hmm. And the biggest learning we all can make out of things which didn't went well. Why, what can we do differently next time? What has influenced um, that we failed? There's so much in for all of us, for us personal, as well as um, for, for the organizations. Um, it's not about being an open book that you may, maybe have made a failure. It's more like sharing what you have thought is right and didn't work out. And there's a lot of aspects why it didn't work out. And then it's totally different point of view, whereas it's failure and what great ideas haven't landed. Mm -hmm. It's just the wording is so different. So that I, this is why I think failure culture is important and companies and individuals should invest more time to reflect on these deals to really understand, is it a, is it a skill thing? Is it an organizational thing? 
what is it really that we haven't achieved but we have planned yeah such a good point because i think um especially in the german speaking area of the world we tend to think of failure as something that has to be hidden and not talked about and is often also punished while failure is an opportunity to learn right it's an opportunity to learn new stuff and new ways to handle things and also to learn what doesn't work so yeah totally agree with you and there's also this other topic and i want to come back to that and that is lifelong learning i think mm -hmm. this is so important so you said you started at microsoft in 2002 i think yeah. so this is like nearly 20 years now and you and I, we've been around for this journey, so we know that things have changed. And uh, probably skills that you might have used at the beginning of those 20 years don't necessarily translate into the world that we're living in now. And um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you keep up the energy and the motivation to, to keep on learning, keep on acquiring new skills? Sure, um, especially because it's really a, a topic I'm passionate about. And I'm, I'm going to talk with someone from Urban Outfitters at the Women Transforming Technology Conference this year. Um, there's one thing about keeping up with learning. Um, there's also one thing we all should make ourselves aware of. We have a life, mm -hmm. which hopefully happens more outside of work than inside at work. Mm -hmm. and these events on our lifetime influence how we learn, how we experience new things. Mm -hmm. Where you can remember how brave you have been the first time you went on your vacation without your parents. These bravenesses you can use in other situations. Mm -hmm. And these are the lifetime events uh, I, I always recall. How have, have I addressed new situations when I moved, went to a new school? Mm -hmm. Now I'm meeting new customers, new people in our organization. I get new team members and they all act different and it's good and I can learn from them. But these lifetime events, our life rules how we can get successfully because we have all such great things which are happening and we can use them for our professional life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't remember them and think we learn at work and let's adapt this for our private life. And actually it's vice versa. What we do in our private life helps us to be a better employee. Mm -hmm. And yes, I invest time on that. I'm not only connecting the dots. Um, is it through reading? videos, attending courses, attending conferences, or even going to, to attend eight, six weeks trainings with one of the US universities on online courses. But the thing is, you need to find something what you eventually don't you need today. If you train yourself on something you need exactly today to perform in your job, it doesn't support your growth mindset. It's just then here for the moment. You always need to find something what is maybe the second step after the next. So this is how I really adapt this. And everyone has a different approach. This is extremely important. For example, I buy books. I read them partly. I never read a book from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. Others would say that's waste of money. But I'm just 
looking for snapshots I can reuse and others are more successful if they read the whole book and maybe summarize it by themselves in an exact summary. Um, so you need to find your own way. But most important is understand how you are successful in your private life and try to use this for your professional life. I love that approach. And it what it means to me is that self-reflection is what makes you um, successful in some way also because when you talk about those private events that um, teach you things what you have to have is the ability to reflect on that and to understand what you learn from that and then use it because a lot of people have a lot of things happening in their life and they just you know they don't even realize and they don't even realize that they have acquired skills and mm -hmm. i also love that you are so reflected that you can just say i don't have to read the entire book you know because yeah. it's so uncommon actually <laughs> to be aware that you that you have to do what works best and it's not about reading just half the book or just pieces of it it's about understanding that this works for you so yeah. That is what makes you also very successful. Um, lifelong learning is something that we could probably talk about for hours, but there's uh, some other topics about women in tech that I want to talk about. And one is, of course, you mentioned that, uh, the Women Transforming Technology Conference. And I want to mention that because there has been a rise of these uh, conferences for women to give us a, a chance to present ourselves, talk to each other, exchange um, mm -hmm. ideas. And I think that is rooted in the fact that this is a very male dominated field and we need our own spaces. And um, you are obviously participating. Tell me what it means to you to be a part of such um, yeah, events. And also maybe talk a little bit about what it is like to be a successful woman, woman in such a male-dominated environment. Okay. Um, so first of all, being part of this conference means a lot to me. Um, it will be the first time I'm going to be a speaker. Um, I'm doing this jointly with um, Alison McIntyre from Urban Outfitters because she has a similar topic. We haven't known each other before. So the organization has put us together, what oh, is also a very interesting learning for both of us, because we need to align our stories. Um, and this is about in this conference, not only consuming what is in. Um, I know that there are a lot of workshops going to be part and these workshops will help you explore new areas. So this is why I think these conferences are extremely important, not only listen and consume, maybe understand what they want to tell us and then try out either in these workshops or try out uh, what the presentation ha has talked about. Um, this is why it's important that we have these conferences. And by the way, some male colleagues asked me, am I allowed to sign up as well? And I said, yes, you are. <laughs> so they are interested in to understand how we um, adapt things, how we, how our mindset works and, and how they maybe can collaborate with us better. better. On the other side, um, on your question of how is it possible in this male uh, dominated world, um, I don't see it like this actually. We are all humans and the diversity, equity, inclusion shouldn't be just a slogan, 
at the end, we are humans and we work for a company and we all do our best and we all bring in our skills, our empathy, our ideas. And it doesn't count if it, I'm female, male or whatever. Um, it, it's not important. So I, this is not my daily thing I'm thinking about. It's great to hear that because I really feel this is how it should be, that we should not be have to worry about whether you are a woman, a man, what religion, what skin color, whatever. Um, I have, however, encountered a lot of women who have made different experiences, especially in areas where there are more men than women. But it's really um, empowering to hear that you don't have this issue. I think it's good to actually also talk about that there are a lot of women who have not had negative experiences because that's also encouraging to, uh, for other women to join, right? Correct. We sometimes see something what is not there. Mm -hmm. On the other side, I always have to say, I also live in a privileged area of the world. We should never forget this. I'm in Germany, I'm in Europe. So things work differently and um, others maybe have, have a challenge. Mm -hmm. I don't see it in that way. Mm -hmm. For the, where I am, maybe it would be different for me if I'm somewhere else. Yeah, that is also true. We have to remember that we have um, mostly first world problems, as one says that nowadays. Yeah. Um, we are already nearly at half an hour, which is uh, the time I usually try to keep these conversations at. But before I, um, I end this uh, conversation with you, I would like to ask you, if you look at young women coming into this field and trying to be successful, is there anything you would give them as a tip um, to, make, to help them be successful? Mm, find your personal motivators. Mm -hmm. And they are the, totally different person by person. And they could be at work, outside of work, but really get yourself to the point what motivates you day by day. Mm -hmm. And I keep this in mind whatever, from, for everything you do. And this helps you getting into the job, getting into IT um, and understanding IT because there are always new topics coming in. <laughs> one day, one time IoT was extremely important then AI quantum mm -hmm. computing we don't know what's next um, so but really understand your motivators yeah and that is reminds me very much of Simon Sinek start with the why and find your personal why and it's so true because there people think a lot of stuff can motivate it can be money can be prestige and whatever but that's not true that's uh, that just motivates you for a very small amount of time but your why why you're doing something and why you're learning something um will keep you going so that's that's also such great advice thank you Birgit you're welcome so thank you Birgit for coming on this podcast and sharing your journey with us um I want to thank you and um yeah say goodbye and have a wonderful day thank you for the conversation mm -hmm.